The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and as usual I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts Hodgie and Gray. All right, lads? Hello. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. The weekend is nearly over, which is never a good thing, but yeah, into another work week. I can't fucking wait. How are you, Oto? Very full. Not too bad. Why have you been having your Sunday dinner, Hodgie? Uh, I had a big old fry-up breakfast this morning at Papa Hodge's house, and then today I had a Sunday dinner, so I'm very, very full. Oof. And you're massive as well, so it takes a lot to fill you up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, I'm not. On the topic of food, as usual, a standard icebreaker question. Gray, we'll start with you this week. Uh, what is your favourite cereal? Mm. What do you mean by cereal? I'm not a big fan of cereal. What do you mean? I'm not asking whether it's like maize or corn. Yeah, barley. Barley's the best one. Uh, your breakfast cereal of choice. I'm not a big fan because... Yeah, not a big fan of milk. I'd have to say porridge. On the basis of that, I'm probably yeah. On the basis that I'm probably not going to be able to squeeze any more out of you. I'm just in the interest of this podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept porridge. So po- porridge is what you've got to beat, Hodge. <laughs> Hodge, what's your favourite breakfast cereal? Oh man, I'm kind of the same boat. I'm not really a big oh, cereal cereal person. I don't like milk neither. But if I go to like a hotel and they've got them little packets, I always go for like crunchy nut. Okay, so we've got crunchy nut and porridge to deal with so far. You, neither of you like milk? No, like, okay. don't really like yeah. milk or like creamy dishes or whatever that's. Uh, well, thanks for asking, guys. Mine's more <laughs> so like, a, well, I was hoping it would like, would tap into your childhood. So when I tap into my childhood and I think, what was my favorite cereal? Do you remember uh, Golden Nuggets? Yeah, Golden Nuggets. Like, the donkey and the prospector on the front. They were just the kind of opposite of Nesquik, weren't they? Because they were exactly the same thing. They just weren't covered in chocolate, they were just covered in sugar. I what well, that must have been. I was going to say, what was the flavour? It was just sugar, wasn't it? <laughs> just, just, just sugar. <laughs> right, great. So we've had porridge, crunchy nut, and golden nuggets. I think are golden nuggets still a thing? I think so. They weren't available on Sainsbury's when I looked, but I did a bit of did a bit of sleuthing, and uh, I, I found them somewhere. Not to say I, I would have got any. Were you researching what your favourite? Well, I wanted to. No, I had that very same question. I wanted to know if they're still about, so I googled it. I don't give too much thought to these questions because it's just got to be you know quick, you know, off the cuff, get us going. On the topic of results, though, my pie won the Twitter poll last week by quite some way. So, how many beef, Twitter accounts did you make to vote for yourself? Well, that doesn't matter, does it? I still, 
I still won, didn't I? All right, we did. <laughs> I did a survey with a, a few people I saw during the week, and the, the majority of them agreed with me that banoffee pie isn't a pie. No, bullshit. I think... It's called pie, though, isn't it? So... I, but what Gray's not telling you is he was holding a hammer to like their heads and he's going, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> holding their families hostage. It's very, very much a pipe. Anyway, I mean, that's about probably as exciting and as uh, as happy as we're going to be all podcasts. Cause Should we just wrap it up there? Yeah, so, yeah. Right, we'll see you next week, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll actually have some fucking positive news. Well, I guess you can spin it two ways. I mean, I feel like the stuff off the pitch is a little more positive than the stuff on the pitch because the stuff on the pitch really couldn't get much more negative. However. We have made another signing. He wasn't really discussed when we last spoke about it. So a few things have happened since we last recorded. We last recorded, I think it was last week. So this is two in two weeks we're doing now. Bonkers. What are we like? Fucking hell. But two major things have happened. We've signed Chris Wood from Burnley for anywhere between 20 to 25 million quid, allegedly activating his release clause. But I think there's rumours that they just accepted the fee. And then yesterday we played Watford. So Watford down in the doldrums like we are. It was really a must win and we come away with uh, not really the result we were looking for. I don't know where to start really. I think in chronological order we should probably start by discussing the Chris Wood signing. As I say, he wasn't really on the radar when we spoke last week. Very much needed. I've got my own opinions on this, but Gray, I went to you for the question. I'll go to Hodgie first. Yeah, your your initial thoughts or your thoughts on the Chris Wood signing. I'll start with something kind of adjacent to it. Somebody spoke to me the other day and said, if Chris Wood was signed by Bruce, everyone would be going mad. Like, as in, like, lambasting the club, being like, it's yeah, not yeah. a step forward, blah, blah, blah. What do you think of that? It's, a, it's like an unpopular opinion, I suppose, of, of Newcastle. Mm. I mean, thanks for answering my question with a question. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's poignant. It's poignant. Like, But I think, as a player, likes a battle. He's been in this situation many times before. So, as a personality on the pitch, I think it's very good. It's like having Trippier. It's a, it's, a, it's a stronger character in the team, right? I think a lot of people have overlooked his record in the Premier League as well. He's got the reputation for playing at Burnley, who are the thugs of the Premier League. Sorry to any Burnley fans who might be listening. Yeah, sorry to all our, our Burnley fans listening, yeah. You never know, there might be some undercover, you know, all, yeah. our, all our listeners <laughs> might be Burnley fans just waiting to brief us. But um, they're known for being a physical side, looking to dominate. And it's a type of player he is. And I think a lot of people kind of forget that his record is almost comparable to Callum Wilson's, especially over the last three or four seasons, I think it is. And I think people haven't given him credit for that, for being a proper old-fashioned centre-forward who scores goals in the Premier League. Mm. I think credit needs to be given where it's due. Yeah, I think, Hodgie, to answer your question on the back of my question, I mean, it's a very easy one. This transfer would not have happened under Ashley and Bruce. He's very much, I think I put a tweet out last week, but like after it happened, people are acting like the money is coming out of their own pocket. And you just have no right. I mean, look at taking a step back. I think it's probably a lot of poisonous people outside of our football club trying to undermine the signing. In fact, it is. I think all of these people are saying, can you imagine this happening under Bruce and Ashley? It's people outside of our club. When you take a step back and you look at the signing, there are only positives. We currently have one Premier League striker on the books, which is um, Callum Wilson, who's now injured for eight weeks. You're then looking at people like Dwight Gale or a makeshift striker. We're desperately in need of a striker. We've looked at the market. We've thought no one wants to sell to us at the minute. We want someone who's Premier League proven and Premier League ready. Chris Wood's got himself 10 goals or more in the last, I think, four seasons or something. As you say, a goal every three games. He's a focal point for the attack. He gives us a different dynamic. He's a nightmare for opposition defences. And we've got Kieran Trippier, who's potentially, or you'd like to say, world-class delivery from corners, set pieces, 
etc etc and from bombing it up that right hand side and passing it into the box surely this is only positive for us i mean who cares about the the money really if we can afford it then absolutely let's make it happen and what's 20 or 25 million quid if he can contribute to us staying in the premier league this season great the other point which we've not touched on yet is actually we've taken burnley's only fit centre forward. Another excellent point. Yeah. We've significantly weakened them and unless they're going to go out and invest that 25 million wisely, I don't think they're going to find a proven Premier League goal scorer <laughs> for 25 million. <laughs> Me and Hodge are laughing because I think we know who Burnley are currently looking at and they're, they're currently looking to hopefully fill that Chris Wood shaped void with Andy Carroll. Yeah, big Andy C. That's the rumour at least. I mean, you see the two goals he scored that were uh, disallowed. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Best goals he's ever scored in his life. Two of them are disallowed. Mad. I mean, he fits the bill doesn't he fits the mold of that Chris Wood or Andy Carroll and Chris Wood are very much similar strikers just many years difference and one's playing in the championship currently but you can just imagine it happening can't you last day of the season we play Burnley Andy Carroll getting the fucking winning goal and that sends us down you know I mean, this is what we've been built on for the last you know 15 years or so shit like this happening to well, us well you flip it on its head to be positive and you've got Chris Wood scoring against Burnley to send them down and keep us up yeah yeah I guess yeah Okay, good luck. Well, let's be positive. <laughs> yeah, cheers. The, the ray of positivity, ray of sunshine on this podcast has always been great, to be fair. Uh, Hodgie, you've got your, your hand up. Andy Carroll's already scored more goals than he did his second time around at Newcastle, and he did it after. He's had eight games, two goals, and the <laughs> second time around it was 37 appearances, one goal. I'm, uh, I'm not missing him, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I'd rather have Chris Wood in that position than, than Andy Carroll are trying to keep him on for, yeah. for however long. Kind of final point, hopefully try and round up the Chris Wood point, but I think it's a, it's actually quite disrespectful to him to, oh, yeah. for this to be so. You've got something like Gary Lineker coming out on Twitter and like just saying that the transfer fee that we've paid for him is hilarious. Seems a bit un- like Gary Lineker to like undermine that and, and have a go at a fellow striker but do you know what I mean we paid 15 potentially up to 15 million quid for Kieran Trippier who's a year older but also when we signed Callum Wilson he was 29 going on 30 for the same amount of money he was hailed as a superb signing is it just kind of the expectations do you think because you know Wilson was signed under Bruce and Ashley but because we're now the richest club in the world there's that expectation of you know we should, what do they want us to bring in do they want us to bring in fucking Lewandowski you know what I mean like I think it's just because we have to manage our expectations and because we were so desperate under Ashley and Bruce and it was so outside of the realms of expectation that Wilson was so much better or received so much better than, than Wood but at the same time 25 million that is his release clause that are 20 I think it is 25 but mm. you've got to think about it if we went to Burnley and went we want Chris Wood they'll go no or it will be more than 25 million so for him to kind of laugh at that it seems a bit stupid because we've basically gone we need this position who's a similar ilk to maybe his Wilson in terms of scoring ability who do we need to fill or what player type do we need to fill Chris Wood 25 million release clause perfect we're swimming in it yeah like we can afford that as loose change like uh, I've probably paid that in cash haven't we they were never going to accept anything less than, than 20 or 25 million were they yeah it's like what every other club is doing to us right now they're going are you Newcastle United okay that's a 20% tax uh, exactly. uh, on, on top of that so we actually want more more value like they're not stupid you know what I mean like well we're going to have this problem aren't we Gray what was your uh, what was your point I completely agree that it's a complete injustice on Wood's quality and the type of player he is I think it's also a bit of a might be a bit of a shock to the pundits that actually instead of us going out there trying to sign your Mbappes your Neymars your 
<laughs> every kind of like your best players in the world, like they're not going to join Newcastle United in the current situation, are they? They're not they're not going to be up for a relegation fight. They're going to be wanting to play for trophies. Of course, they it's are. not going to be the championship trophy. Yeah. So people just aren't giving Wood credit, and they're also not giving our new owners any credit at all in what is a no. very shrewd bit of business. It goes along the lines of this the constant disrespect I kind of feel our club gets sometimes from the media in general. A lot of the pundits out there watch 10 minutes of our football match mm. and don't actually see the bigger picture. They're not living in the shoes of the fan. They're not breathing the football club like we all exactly. do and following it day to day. So they can say what they want to say, but... We're happy. Yeah, we're happy... Every fan I've spoken to have been actually over the moon. They think it's a great bit of business. Of course it is. I mean, we've brought in two players with proven Premier League experience that have gone straight into our team and you'd like to think have improved us, at least on paper, or at least will improve us in the last 18 games of the season. And our business is far from done as well. I think people forget that. We're not going to settle with a world-class right-back and a Premier League centre-forward. We're still out there to to recruit. We've got the money to spend. We need to spend it wisely. And the owners Mm. have said that from day one. They've got a big job on their hands. They're not going to be ripped off. They're not, they're not stupid. They're not yeah. going to change things overnight. They've got to they've got to be clever in this. And January is a difficult transfer window to like, operate in. Everyone prices inflated in January. So there's a, such a premium on Premier League ready players. I think you're gonna struggle, especially in our situation where we're having to bring them into a club that's sitting nineteenth in the in the league. Everything's going against us, but we're still managing to make these signings. So yeah, all credit goes to the ownership team or the board at NUFC at the minute. Uh, Hodgie, you've patiently had your hand up. Yeah, just quickly, the, the thing that we can compare ourselves to really is is the Man City takeover. Um, yeah. And their first kind of 10 signings. Yes, they made a big marquee signing, I suppose, in Rubinho at the start. That was the first one, but they also went Wayne Bridge. They also went Craig Bellamy, <laughs> who was kind of a bit more on his way out then. Nigel De Jong, meh. Then it was Shea Given. They signed two other keepers that were back up to Shea Given and the back up to the backup. What the fuck? And then they had uh, Gareth Barry, Rocky Santa Cruz as well. And then Carlos Tevez was, I think, the 10th. And then it was, I think, Joe after was after that. Fucking hell. But all they've done is gone what we're looking at doing and going, let's just get some players with like a good Premier League experience mm. and solid players, not, oh, we need to go and buy Mbappe, we need to go and buy Haaland. Like, that's, that's not the case. Like, it's a very slow process to build up because we need to get to the point where people forget we've been taken over four years down the line and then go, right, now this is when we buy the fucking big boys because we don't need to exactly. pay Play it way over the odds because something else will controversial or come into football, or there'll be a new younger player coming through the ranks. You know what I mean? That's, that's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you, you're totally right. And it's all really because it's a, a fucking media circus, isn't it? At the minute, I mean, we're a very easy news article to put at the top of fucking talk sport or whatever. You know, like or very clickbaity thing for them to put on social media, like going from like that whole expectation versus reality thing. Ultimately, I think I can speak for the three of us and the majority of the NUFC fan base in saying that I'm absolutely delighted with the Chris Wood signing. And I, I wish him the very best in the second half of the season. And should we keep hold of him and should, God forbid, we go down, he's going to fucking dominate that championship and bring us straight back up, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a figurehead of that team and as hopefully a, you know, a leader of that team. Because I think he can also be a leader and he brings that aspect to it. He's captain in New Zealand, isn't he? He is, yeah. So New Zealand, Newcastle, you've got that link. Also opens up some... <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we um, when we bought Yoshinori Muto, there was all that kind of um, speculation that we'd done it to kind of open up the NUFC kind of fan base in Japan. 
Yeah. You know, worst case comes to worst. I mean, we've got some more Kiwi fans on the books now, don't we? I mean, <laughs> it'd be good to hear their perspective as well. What, how they view Burnley to Newcastle. But anyway, yeah, I think overall, very, very pleased with the signing of Wood. In terms of the order of, uh, of ceremonies here, we'll talk about the Wofford game and then we'll move on to finally talking about the other speculated or rumoured transfers that we could make over the next few weeks. Obviously, we make the signing of Wood in time for the Watford game. We played Watford yesterday. Uh, we drew 1-1. Wood goes straight into the team. Very pleased to see that. Were we all watching? I was watching. Yeah, I was watching you. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, a hat trick of us watching it. Fucking hell. <laughs> at points, at points, I wish I wasn't watching. But in terms of the game itself, I mean, we absolutely dominated the first half, in my opinion. There weren't really all that many things to call out. I think we had one shot on target. Joe Linton missing two sitters. Yep. Joe Linton missing two sitters. One shot on target, which is not good enough. It was the goal. <laughs> ASM comes in. You see a little bit of magic. Hodgie, you just shared a fucking wicked tweet before. That was great. Sorry, mate. Yeah, go on. What was it again? So ASM plays like Gabriel over time for 89 minutes 30 seconds and like Messi for the other 30 seconds <laughs> it's just so true isn't it man I mean I was literally watching the game and I was about to tweet I think as you normally do thankfully I decided against it but probably about five minutes before he scored I was going to say there's just no creative output to ASM at the minute he doesn't do anything with the ball he's not working it anywhere he gets it on that left hand side a bit further up the pitch and he just kind of goes sideways by five yards and tries to you know, skin people and it doesn't work. And then he goes for a fucking ridiculous blind pass and he gives the possession straight back to, to Watford or whichever team we're playing. There's no creative output. I don't think the man can cross a ball to save his life. I wouldn't know because I've never seen him fucking do it. What were you going to say, Gray? We were all slicing him in the WhatsApp group, weren't we? Well, I know I certainly was. I mean, we should do it more often. We should slag him off more often because I, f- I always feel a bit unfair. Like, as obviously, he's very much well-loved by the by the fan base, but we need to see more from him. If you're going to be on the ball that much, you need to do something with it. And if you're not going to do something with it, recycle it. Let's try a different way of getting a the ball into the box into Chris Wood putting on that big slab of heed uh, Hodgie it is funny though because he has scored 8 goals this season and you think from like, like a kind of winger perspective where he is playing that's not a bad little return for this this time of the season what we're lacking obviously is just someone else there apart from Callum Wilson to score other goals if um, Joe Linton had scored earlier on in the game and that made it 2-0 we would have been like oh right we can calm down a little bit now but since we don't have that it just it makes the focus go on a bit more but I'm totally behind you that his creative output at the minute is dire the only way that he can cross a ball is just slamming it as hard as he can across yeah. the box with his left foot but we're not really looking for somebody it's more like I'm just going to put it in the mixer and hope for the best it's just blind isn't it it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. He oh, fucking, yeah. he'll get himself in loads of trouble where he's pretty much at the corner flag and then just go fuck it slap it and let's yep. just hope for the best. Great. And there's a difference between him and probably a fairly comparable player in the league is Rafinha at Leeds. Oh, he's class yeah. him. I don't know if you watched the Leeds West Ham game today, which was ridiculous, the number of goals and goal opportunities. But Rafinha, there's a, I think it was the goal which was actually disallowed for Leeds. But Rafinha basically picked up the ball on a counter-attack. Like the minute they Leeds won the ball back, Rafinha was basically just onside, like receiving that pass, drove to the baseline. And when he was in the box, he was just looking up, he was waiting, he was seeing who was there, right, which pass we're going to pick yeah. up. And you could see it on the camera that he was looking for the opportunity. That's exactly what ASM needs to watch and actually needs to learn from a passage of play like that. That actually you buy yourself time by having all those tricks, having the speed, but you buy yourself those two seconds to look up and actually compose yourself to then pick out that match winning pass. 
yeah, it just, it's just not working for him at the minute, but I don't think he's got the composure. Well, another word that begins with C, do you think it's potentially a confidence thing? It's hard to say when he has gone and like off his own back and his own hard work scored a goal, but it just feels funny to be in this position where we're talking about him where, you know, potentially could have won the game for us if our defence had actually been able to fucking defend. But, you know, he's gone out and he's scored that goal. He's cut in well. It's a good goal by all accounts, but, you know, the rest of the time, he's just not doing anything with the ball. Is it a confidence thing? I, I don't know. He doesn't strike you as a a man who's lacking confidence. I personally feel that it might be a lack of confidence in his teammates and that he's trying far too hard to make something himself instead of trusting his teammates and giving them the right pass at the right time. I feel like he's got the mindset of, I need to do this myself, otherwise we're not going to do anything. Mm. Hodge? I think it's more of a confidence of the other teams and their ability to be like looking at the rest of our squad and going, you know what, we can afford to put two on him because no one else has got a creative outlet. Now that Wilson's injured. I mean, even Cambridge did, not to bring that game back up again, but what they did is just went two on him because no one else looks like they're going to be up for this game at all. We've seen it in the Premier League before where they stick two on him. He doesn't like the pass. He tries to run past him, gives away possession, jogs back, doesn't work back to get it. So it is. I think it's more of a tactical thing mm. as well as a couple of other things that could be in there as well. But it, I think you just got to highlight the tactics of the other managers that are really confident in their defending against us. Yeah, another really good point. I mean, their right back was getting all the plaudits in the first half, wasn't he? I think he's called Ngakia or something but on the commentary he was getting all the praise and all the plaudits because he just you know ASM was living in his pocket at that stage he just completely marked around the game you're right at times it was two or even three players on ASM so I don't know whether I'm looking at the wrong way but I just feel like his his head's gone down a little bit I mean admittedly it was that Ngakia that that made the mistake that let ASM in and score but for the rest of the time he just kept him out the game so yeah if we can bring in a few more attacking threats I mean you're totally right Hodge like give the opposition a a reason to spread out their team if you focus on our one threat then we're not going to have a threat which Watford seemed to to do quite effectively in that game I think Ryan Fraser over the last few games has actually being quite steady. I don't know yeah. if you guys agree, but he's he's dead industrious. He's getting balls into the box. He's making the right runs. It's our fault that we're not finding him. He's not getting a supply from fucking Shelby and, and Longstaff, but he's getting in those positions and he has been for a number of games. You know, he's not have a couple of penalties. His crossing is good and he can take the corners as well. He's rapid and he's working hard. So the change in him under Eddie Howe so far has been phenomenal. What do you reckon, Hodge? Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, that was going to be my kind of counterpoint, I suppose, in, in saying that his form picking up, picking up, picking up, all he needs now is a goal. And now he's just, then exactly. he becomes a bit, more, a bit more of a threat. And then hopefully that is a kind of warning sign for the other clubs that we've got coming up, especially Everton, who have been diabolical recently. Mm-hmm. And also Leeds, who have been struggling just with, um, a kind of, I suppose, injuries and numbers and, and mm-hmm. etc. 
But for us to then go into them games and have an actual decent threat in potentially Chris Wood as well, and then also like Ryan Fraser, it would make our lives in the attacking sense a lot easier as they'll, they will pull people away from ASM and have to focus on other areas, which I think is key. Yeah. I think you say that about a fair few of our players there. I think if Joe Linton bags himself a couple of goals yeah. until you get like two goals in two games with Joe Linton. Which he should have done against Watford. Yeah, I think teams are starting to recognise that he could become a threat, but he just needs that end product, which we've been crying out for. We've got the makings of quite an exciting team. Yeah. We just need them to put the ball in the bloody net. Yeah. I mean, Hodgie, you just mentioned it there. You mentioned Everton, but obviously we found out today that Everton have sacked Rafa Benitez, which is a shame for Rafa. I think he tries hard. He works hard. Obviously it didn't work out for him, but I felt like it was a bit of a poison chalice him, wasn't it? Liverpool Uphill legend. Struggle, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Liverpool legend going to fucking Everton. I mean, the board at Everton just sound like they don't know what the fuck they're doing like, but that's not our problem. What is our problem is they'll probably bring in a new manager and they'll get that immediate bounce back from from bringing in a new manager. Anyway, enough about Everton. My point was going to be, obviously, Chris Wood made his debut. I don't want to really spend too much longer on, on the Watford game. I need to be looking forward. But overall, thoughts on Chris Wood's debut? Oh, Jill, I'll bring you into this quickly first. What do you think? Just very isolated. Didn't really see too much of him, I suppose. He got unlucky with a passenger play that went on. I think it was in the first half. He got kind of played through and he tried to cut back onto his right, which would have opened up quite Quite a large bit of Foster's yeah. goal. I think it was the trailing leg of the defender managed to just actually take it away from him, which was very unlucky. Yeah, and if he'd time. scored there, it would have been a completely different game. I think the fans would have really, really been up for that. And then obviously him having a goal under his belt, it might have just spurred him on to do that extra little bit. But it was just like he was kind of taking a bit out of the game to isolate his. Uh, yeah. it, just, it just didn't really gel too much. I mean, what, he's only been at the club <laughs> a Two number days. of hours, basically, that before, be before being played. Well. So you can't yeah. really be too harsh on the kid. Well, exactly. One training session with the team or something like that? Who knows? but just I'll bring you into this great for the final word on, on Wood and his debut but I think personally I thought he, he held the ball up really well which is refreshing to see from our front line brought other players into it his chances and the ball into him were very limited but when he did come in he won it quite effectively and quite yeah. well and you know he's just a seasoned Premier League striker who knows how to win fouls you know knows how to hold the player just clever head on him what did you reckon Gray? I completely agree with everything which you guys have said I think as the game went on he got more and more isolated I thought he, he started did. off really well and what I was really impressed with was just his intent his intensity his desire to win the ball back just to put himself about there are moments like I think he he gave away a free kick early on but there was no way he was going to win the header but he made his mark on the centre back Exactly. Like he just basically just went straight through him. He was just like, you're in for a game here. It's that old saying, isn't it? Let them know you're there. Yeah, and he put himself about, he put a serious shift in. And like you said, matter of inches and cut back on his right foot and that's a shot away. Very unlucky. Give him, give him a couple more weeks. I know we probably don't have the luxury of time at the minute in our current predicament. But honestly, I think once, once Trippier gets settled in, once Wood gets kind of settled in and the players know exactly what their movement's like, what they want in the box. I, I'm hoping that we've got the quality to just supply supply him with what he needs. And it, well, you think also the law of averages, if you put 30-odd crosses in against Cambridge and probably a similar amount in against Watford, like law of averages are, he, he's going to get a couple of goals here or there, surely, you'd think but. Yeah, you'd certainly hope to. Uh, Hodge, I think you can end yourself or round us off on, on the Watford game. Yeah, I think it's just really good to still know that Sissoko can't shoot for shit because <laughs> he had a chance to absolutely bury that he game. He did, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Was it Josh King laid it off to him and he just 
rattled it so far high and wide, I think it went and hit the fucking Angel of the North on the back of the heed. It's what you like to see. One thing that's let us down again is our inability to close off the game. It's something that we've been, I think, the worst team in the Prem at this year. Closing off games and closing off leads, I think we're number one in terms of letting leads slip. Very frustrating. And ultimately, it came down to a defensive error yet again. We've let Watford in, I think, in the 86th, 85th, 86th minute or something. They're going away with with part of the spoils. I think highlights very much our need to bring in some defensive reinforcements. I don't know if we want to talk about kind of who's been rumoured at the minute. There's still lingering talk of Botman and there's still, I think, optimistic talk of Diego Carlos coming in from Sevilla. I mean, are these kind of the signings we, we need to be making? I think absolutely desperately. A lot of money being talked about, 55 million euros, I think. Lilo asking for for Botman but when you contextualise that I mean it's 6 million quid more than we paid for Joe Linton and you've got the benefit of him being an absolute man mountain having the longevity what Gray I'll bring you into this but transfer wise I mean what is a priority area for us now who do we need to bring in before Leeds and is it possible it's clear to see that I think we're weak all across the pitch we're weak in terms of scoring goals like yeah we, we score one goal here or there but in order to win games, especially with the current events we have, we need to be scoring more than one goal. It always helps, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you look, you look at the opportunities we had yesterday to put the game to bed. We're, we're playing in the Premier League and I think we've got to give credit where credit's due to Watford. They kept fighting to the last minute and mm. that cross was world-class. We need someone who who's going to provide that threat, who's going to make opposition think going forward, um, whether that be with just outright pace or skill or someone who's renowned for scoring goals but we also yeah we also desperately need a centre-back I'm personally quite a big fan of Shaw, and I he again is probably his own worst enemy in the fact that he probably lacks confidence in some of his other teammates which is probably a, a really bad thing to say but he does make mistakes and that's just from him trying too hard or from when he gets tired bring someone who's a dominating centre-back, so your likes of Botman's and your Carlos's, they're exactly what we need. If Lille want, I think, did they come out and say 55 million euro? Just cough it up, he's 21, and he's clearly like the next, keen, oh, well, hopefully like the next big thing. The Dutch have always had solid centre-halves. Pay them the money! Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, spot on, Gray. I mean, there's really two areas I think we need to strengthen. The priority for me is bringing in a new centre-half to replace Lascelles. If we can bring two in, if we can have Botman and Carlos... It's difficult because they're, they're definite improvements on what we've currently got, but you've got to rely on the fact that they will hopefully gel together as a pairing. Another area that we desperately, I think, we need to reinforce or, or strengthen is centre mid. Again, we've played off the park in centre mid against Watford. Hodgie, what do you think is a priority area for us? Is it getting someone in that can dictate the centre of the field or do we need someone that's going to be back to the wall, a centre half that's going to be able to deal with everything that's fired into the box? Where do we start? Where do we start? Uh, yeah, well... I definitely think there just needs to be a really decent centre-back being put in because whatever's working there right now is just is just not on. Like, Lascelles looked so slow and sluggish. Is Man, like, just thinking about it, it's just so depressing. But you do look at the rest of the kind of squad and just go, there is a big hole in the middle. Like, we need to sort something out there. And I've I seen today that I think we're trying to get Donny van der Beek on loan. Yeah. And apparently he's basically just went, I don't want to go to Newcastle because I don't want to get relegated. Donny, if we get relegated, you get to go back. It's fine. I know. I know. Why wouldn't you? If you want to get back into the Man United team and not just sit on the bench and you want to play, come on, man. Like, Newcastle's probably the best thing for you to do because if you go to the club... Keep us 
with other, with other signings, turn us around and keep us up. Fucking hell, like people at Man U go, actually, he played really, really well. Let's try and get this kid talented and get him get him moving again rather than just letting him rot. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's the same thing they did for Joe Willock, wasn't it? You know, he went back to Arsenal. as a lot of Arsenal fans thinking he should have been, you know, put straight back to their team because of how well he did mm. with us. You're totally right. Gives you an opportunity to go on and prove yourself and, and make a meaningful difference to a team and, and be the star man. The rumours I've heard is that we've tentatively through like third parties and through different people try to scope him out see if he would be interested and he said no is, is what I've heard so I've gone from feeling kind of sorry for him in, in the prison that is Man United to saying fuck you Donny I don't want you anywhere you dick <laughs> Gray did you have a point? Well it's a point on the flip side I was reading a worrying article earlier about Cher and apparently Bordeaux might be lining him up uh, to he wants out in. as well didn't he? His contract's coming to an end this summer isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah he's, I think he's clearly not happy at the minute yeah be worrying if he does go yeah especially if he say if he leaves this week we are pretty fucked um (laughs) (laughs) to put it lightly pretty fucked I'd be very surprised if we let him go without a replacement coming in. There's nothing Cher or Bordeaux can do about us if we're unwilling to sell him. And if we say no and don't accept the offer, there's nothing they can do about it. He has to play. He could just stand there for 90 minutes, couldn't he? Well, he does that anyway, doesn't he? <laughs> do fuck all anyway, the two of them. Another one I've heard this week, actually, or last couple of days, quite excitingly, I mean, the Sky Sports Italia are saying at the minute, but I don't know if you've heard of Robin Gosens. He's at Atlanta. He's the German left back or left mm. wing back. Yeah, it's actually quite exciting because he's been an absolute star at Atlanta over the last few years, like a pivotal member of the German football team and obviously an area we need to strengthen very quickly as well as left back. I mean, Dina went to to Aston Villa for 25 million, obviously never wanted to come to us, so fuck him. And if we can sign Robin Gosens for, for that amount of money or whatever the amount of money is, then let's make it fucking happen. Like, um, Hodgie, I know you brought this up at the start when we were chatting beforehand, but obviously quite a lot of fans burn at the end of the game. There's schools of thought as to whether that's deserved or not, but I think the, the more poignant question is where is that directed? Where do you think the booing was being directed at the end of the game? It's hard to tell really because there's so much just crap talk going on around them at the club like there's fans are so all over the shop on who they actually support or they support the team and how but not the owners so they support the owners and how but not the team I'd like to say it was just on the team performance but there's loads of people that are getting right on the backs of PIF and the backs of Eddie Howe and saying like look it's been 10 games come on man it's been 10 games and he's only just had a couple of days in the transfer window man like he's not been able to implement much like he's inherited a team that has had negative things cast upon it since Rafa basically like just look we need to defend better we need to defend 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 got sacked then we get Bruce need to defend 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 and it just it's been a hard thing to turn around there just needs to be way more patience I know Stavely and I came in early on and said look this is a patient thing I don't I don't know why the patience is wearing so thin already with some fans it really really knocks us and it's only a thing that's going to breed and breed and breed and breed until something comes around which is a shame because we always say we are united as a club we are united as a club we are the most loyal <laughs> fans and then they go and boo at the end of a game where we're playing obviously shit in the season we're trying to turn it around like we're playing uh, nicer football I would say than under Bruce and under Rafa easily and what they say is oh we just want them to try I, I did see hope I do see hope in them trying like they brought a 3-3 thriller against Brentford like we got unlucky against Norwich because we had 10 men for ages that was a great trying game because we had 10 men for 80 minutes of the game like what, mm. what do they really really want I know they want results but at the same time they always go well, it's not about results it's not about results where are they at you know what I mean 
the expectation is so ridiculous, isn't it? The one thing you can't buy in football is patience, and you're always mm. going to have people that like, like that, but they tend to be the louder lot, don't they? It gets more attention. I think the majority of the fan base, if they're looking to the longer-term view and the longer-term vision, and obviously everything's perfect, and it will be perfect, but people want things to happen right here, right now, immediately, as of tomorrow. It needs to completely change. We need to be Man City as of tomorrow. It's just not going to happen, is it? Is it, Gray? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, we can dream, can't we? Nothing's going to change overnight. And I'd like to think we all understood that anyway. And the owners have come out and they've tried to make that as clear as they possibly can. And what they've said in all their interviews is like, we need to be patient. And I've seen a lot of things going around. We've had 20 games played this season and Bruce was in charge for 10 of them and Howe has been in charge for 10 of them. And if you look at the results, I think they've actually come away with the same number of points. But I think people are quick to judge managers on their results. You've got to remember that Eddie Howe has inherited a team which is, well, the core of a team is three years old, if not older. Well, I think, did we have five players start yesterday, which also started in the championship? People forget that players get older. They get slightly slower. Teams learn how to play against certain players. They know what to expect. And you just need to give someone like Howe, who's clearly got a pedigree in football, who... I think a lot of the boos are coming out of frustration more than directed towards the players or the staff. Like I think you could hear on the telly the frustration that was coming out when we had opportunities and you could hear the uh, the, the sighs, the ahs. The, there is, there's not like the excitement, there's not the cheers, there's not the oohs, the ah, like the, there's, there's no excitement when we miss a shot. If it's not a shot on goal, it's the sighs, it's ours, And it's just... I think very negative, but you look at our runner results and it's going to be negative. You look at the position we're in, it's going to be negative. And there's a long way to go left in the season. I think people will still forget that. Yes, we're up against it, but there's a long, long way to go. Yeah, well, speaking of a long way to go, our next opponent on Saturday, the 22nd of January, is Leeds. So Leeds today, who have just beaten West Ham at West Ham. Obviously played very well today, but have had a bit of a tumultuous season with, as you say, COVID injuries, etc., etc. Hodgie, let's go straight to it. Let's rip off the plaster. What do you think the score is going to be against Leeds United on Saturday? Straight to it, 1-1. It's going to be an absolute awful watch. (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say on that. (laughs) Cool, thanks very much. Thanks very much. Uh, So 1-1 for Hodgie. Gray, what do you reckon the score is going to be? Don't think I've ever watched a Leeds game which is boring, (laughs) just given the way they play. And I think they lost another two players today, even though Bamford apparently might be coming back. So I'm going to stay confident. And you know what? I'm going to say 3-1 to Newcastle. You've been sniffing glue again, haven't you? Every single fucking <laughs> podcast. I'm like a massive hypocrite, but I'm just dying for us to score more than one goal. And I hope J7 gets two of them. No, it'll be Chris Wood hat trick, obviously. <laughs> I am going to go... I don't think there's going to be goals, actually, because we don't score any fucking goals. I think it's going to be nil-nil. I'll be a nil-nil bore draw. Yeah, what's wrong with the pair of you? Oh, well, Watford's just sucked the living life out of me, man. <laughs> There is there is hope on the horizon, I think. I just can't really see it against Leeds. Leeds will have... They've got to be in the bonnet about us always, and they're just going to be up for it. Maybe it's because I'm tired. <laughs> it's cool. I'm tired. I'm just going to go bed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as always, Newcastle's most miserable podcast coming to an end yet again. Thanks for that, guys. So what we're saying, 0-0, 1-1, and then Gray sniffing his glue is going 3-1 to Newcastle. Great. Let's hope that Gray's right. 
at least in the, the result. That should do us for this week, though. Thanks for your time, lads. Quick one on the plugs. So you can find us on all major podcasting platforms. So Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Oh, yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast and on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast. Really appreciate it if you could give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling super generous, maybe a five-star review would be much appreciated, It wouldn't it, Gray? Very much so. Thanks. I'll buy you a pint. Whoa! Whoa a pint a... for it? You're going to be a skint, lad. <laughs> Everyone's going to hear this and go, you get in. Uh, You've got to find me first. Oh, we'll just tell them where you live. Yeah, exactly. Just put your address on Twitter. <laughs> of course we will. <laughs> on that note, I'm going to go and give us a five-star review. So, Grey owes a pint. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. See you later. Bye. 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 The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.